the learning never stops. I always say to people, you got to fall in love with the process of learning if you A, want to work for yourself in general, and B, especially if you want to be a freelancer. Welcome to Sub Babe, your one-stop shop for stories, trends, and PSAs so you can live your best life. I'm your host, DJ Rosé, but you can call me Nicole. I'm a serial entrepreneur, fashion lover, and music addict. I'm like Cher from Clueless, but with a little more brains and a little less blonde. Today on the show, we're chatting about how you can revamp your money mindset, manage your time better, and jumpstart a new side hustle with the Freelancer Fairy. Alex Fasulo is the self-proclaimed freelancer fairy. She rose to notoriety over the last year, very timely with the pandemic and work from home culture thriving, by quitting her desk job about five years ago, jumping on Fiverr, and clearing a nice six-figure salary that she's raised into mid-six figures. She's been recently featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, CNBC, Business Insider, and more, and has an online course about how to to become a successful digital nomad, which is something we love to talk about here on Sup Babe. I actually found her a couple of weeks ago trending in Apple News, and I was hooked when I read the line, how I earned 300K a year writing ebooks for influencer dogs. Something about that just captivated my attention. If you want to find a side hustle, up-level at your main hustle, revamp your money mindset, or just manage your time better every single day, then this episode is for you. Welcome to Sup Babe, Alex. Do you like Alex or Alexandra better? Hi, Nicole. Uh, I go by Alex, but I'm one of those people, you can call me anything. I answered Al, Alexa, Alexis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if somebody yells, hey, girl, I'm there. Like DJ Rosé, yeah. Rosé, <laughs> Nicole, Stillings. Like, right. I'm just... If, if, if your voice is projecting in my general direction, I'm there. That's <laughs> how I am. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on Sub, babe. I was really excited. As I mentioned, the first article I read about you had me like digging for more information. I was already a fan. I followed you on Instagram. I read all your captions. I just like wanted to know more. You seem like you have your head really on your shoulders, right? You're, you're 28. Am I right? Yes, I'm 28 years old. <laughs> So you're young, you're very successful. I can tell that you have a strong mindset because it sounds like, you know, you've been through a lot of hurdles to get to where you are today too. You just, is this the first home you've bought? Like you have a lot of up and coming accomplishments too. Yeah. I mean, a lot of firsts for me in the last year or two, it's been a crazy ride, you know, both good and bad, which I always try and share with my audience because there's a lot of crazy things that come with trending in Apple News. So I'm in a funny place this week, having to like endless PR help a little bit. It's a crazy ride every day. Yeah. 
Well, I hope that some of this attention is benefiting you in the sense that you're booking more clients and whatnot. But at the same time, too, I think what's really cool about the recent, you know, burst of PR is that it's really timely, right? So many people have lost their jobs or they've been relegated to part-time work. They've been furloughed, et cetera, during the pandemic. We, you know, we have a ton of listeners that have reached out to us, will ask for more episodes on exactly what we're talking to you about today, on ways they can digitally network, on ways they can live more of a nomad life and still make money. So I think the things that you are able to provide to the people that follow you, I think you're already viral on TikTok, you know, from what I've seen, <laughs> is it's, yeah. you have a ton of value. So you're very timely for things that people are experiencing every day. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was crazy because I've been doing this for six, over six years now. So none of this is new to me, but right. it was really in March, 2020, that my whole thing took off, obviously timing with the pandemic because people were finding me on social media, you know, they were starting to search freelancing and all the things I've been doing. And my thing blew up because of the pandemic almost. I, I, it's what I think, you know, with people who want to work from home, they've been let go, they want to work remotely, they want to do van life, life is short, yes. you know, all these different mindset changes that have happened in people, they kind of are looking to me like, okay, you know, this chick's been doing this for six years, God bless her. But like, she knows what she's doing. So I'm going to follow her now. So it's been a weird thing where like a bad thing obviously has right. in a way propelled my brand, which it comes with weird feelings. I completely understand that. And I think I've read about that the other day. It's called like happiness guilt. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have that where it's like, I don't want to benefit from a pandemic, but right. in a way, you know, you don't, you obviously don't want to benefit from the pandemic, but the fact that you have in the sense that your reach has grown, your audience has expanded is really able to help so many more people. So having that platform to share, you know, positive information is really helpful. And I know that on the flip side of that, you know, obviously doing influencer work myself, having a podcast myself on the flip side of helping a lot of people is also people that are, you know, that don't like what you're doing, that have jealousy or feel some type of way about it. And so that opens up a whole other can of worms that you have to deal with. Oh my gosh. I, that's been my life this last week is figuring out how I'm going to navigate all of the hate. And, and I say that not complaining, obviously, because I've had so much support and positive feedback. And I see the messages every day, you know, when people write to me and say, I use this video or that video and I can now provide for my family. Like that obviously makes all of this worth it. But yeah. of course, you know, there's massive hate that is forming at the same time mainly from other writers who I think are kind of upset that they haven't figured out how to streamline it. You know, just the classic, like the disruptor comes in and makes things quicker and easier for everyone. And, you know, no one prepares you for, you know, all these threads on Reddit and this viral articles and everything saying that you're a liar and you're a horrible person. And um, I'm an empathetic soul over here. So I've just been kind of like in damage control this week. You know, each day when I wake up, I'm like, oh God, you know, what are they saying today? And I don't know, I think it's something people need to talk about more. I think it's really admirable that you're sharing it. And I, that's why I wanted to give you a chance to share some of that here too. Obviously, you know, the focus of our conversation yeah. is on a little bit more positive things like your mindset and how you built your career, which 
incredible. But I, I feel for you. And so I just wanted to say, like, from one one new friend to another, I feel for you and keep going. Because one thing that I've learned on my journey is that it's always the hate that is louder, right? You know, the positive right. voices. People oftentimes, you know, for every positive message you get, there's probably a hundred people who you inspired or impacted in some yeah. positive way. And it's, it's just for whatever reason, the angry people always are louder, you know? Yeah, I know. And I'm trying to work on my mindset with it because I'm like, I need to stop focusing so much on the hate and like, remember the positive comments, but like our brains have a negative bias. We almost can't help it. Correct. There's all these positive articles on me, but the negative ones are the ones that are trending because everyone just likes to read the negative, the drama. It's just more interesting than just saying, oh, here's a girl who's doing well. Everyone's like, oh, I'm, I'm bored. Right. Where's the fun in that? Exactly. Okay. So going back to, I want to just get into your journey a little, right? So you, you know, in 2015, about six years ago, you were working at a PR agency. You were in New York City, I think, maybe living in Brooklyn. Want to make sure I'm getting, you know, fact check me if any of this is wrong. But, you know, you, you know, you showed up, you weren't really making enough to live a lifestyle that you liked. You just decided one day, like, screw this, I'm out. Like, you know, take us back from, you know, the b- very beginning where you started this freelancer, freelancer fairy journey. I love that, I mean, by the way. You, yeah, you just summed it up pretty well. And my personality, honestly, I, I am one of those people. I don't take anyone's crap, obviously. I think you can tell that from my social media. So like, I was working this job. It was terrible. I was being bullied at it. People were mean. It was just, you know, all the horrible things you hear about in an office environment. And, you know, after a month, I was like, all right, this sucks. I hate this work. These people are mean. And I'm making 36K a year, which is unlivable in New York City. Correct. And I, I'm not trying to sound insensitive. If you live in another state and you're like, well, that's a fine salary. For sure, it's just not in New York City. So I was totally. like, why am I going through all of this? And I can also not even pay my bills. This, this is just stupid. Like, there has to be a better way, is what I was thinking in my head. And I'm definitely someone I love to, like, problem solve. So I was like, Mm -hmm. this doesn't make sense. Like, I'm going to solve this better. And I was 21 or 22 at the time. So, you know, there wasn't that much reflection going on as there is today. So I just kind of impulsively quit. I'm a very impulsive shopper. If you ever go shopping with me, I'll just buy something (laughs) and I'm out. So I just, I make decisions, you know. Well, I'm I'm glad you impulsively make money then too, because that would be pretty (laughs) bad if on the flip side, you were just spending it. Yeah, no, exactly. Like that is just how I am. I don't overthink things. I'm not a perfectionist. I find beauty and imperfection even. So I'm on the seat. I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm out. I don't have a plan. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do, but I'm going to figure it out because I'm going to work hard and I'm going to make a path for myself. And that's all I was thinking. And I would say, thank God I quit that job because the rest of my life started. And that's why I always encourage people to take risks. Totally agree with that. I feel like my entire career as a DJ was like, you know, everybody telling me this is absolutely crazy. And the experience that I had over that before the pandemic, over that DJ lifetime, I call it because it does feel like a past life at this point. But it's invaluable, right? Like traveling, meeting people, making people happy. You know, it's rare that you get the opportunity to do something like that with all these all these strangers who then become your friends over a lifetime. Yeah. So you you know, you decided I'm going to jump out on my own. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, did you immediately find Fiverr? Like, I think that might've been around the time that it had first kind of launched or was growing in popularity. You know, where did you, at what point were you like, how how quickly did you up level? And what did, what did you have to do to your mindset during that process? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, no, it totally does. So Fiverr had been around for a couple years, actually. They've been around for like 10 years, but they were just known at the time as like the silly, stupid site you sell things for $5 on. And I'd actually been using it since I graduated college just to make $5 here and there. I was making like $40 a month from it. It wasn't anything I thought about. I didn't tell anyone I was using it because it was just so you know, not irrelevant, really. And so when I quit the job, um, the common sense side of my brain was like, well, what's currently making you money? That Fiverr site. (laughs) So let's go see if it can make you more money. And that was, I guess, how I approached it, you know, and I, I hit it hard. Like I went home after I quit. I opened up a bunch of services, raised my prices to a whole $15 instead of $5. (laughs) Crazy. And I just got obsessive with it. I started looking up other people on there. What were they charging? Could I charge that? You know, I started to really get obsessive with it. And I would say it really only took me two months to hit a point where I was on track to make what that stupid job was going to make me. That's how quick it happened for me. And I have people write to me every day that they're able to do it even quicker than I did. I I have people tell me they do it in their first month, which is crazy. And that's why I keep sharing this because it's, uh, it's very real and it's available to people. Awesome. And so would you say that you developed the skills that you use to sell on Fiverr at the PR job in college? Or do you think that they're always evolving over time? I know a lot of it is freelance writing, ebook writing, blog post writing, mainly copywriting. I might be missing some stuff there. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's all considered copywriting or ghostwriting. That's why people pay so much for it because... I write as them, you know, I don't take Mm -hmm. credit for the writing and that's why they'll pay you bank because they get to say they wrote an ebook when you wrote it. So, and I don't care because I don't want my name all over the internet. So I'm like, good. I don't want my name on it. You know, that's fine with me, but it's um, like you said, it's, it's ever evolving, ever changing. I'm learning every day with it. Most of the things I offer on there are self-taught, completely taught myself on my own. The job I first had out of college, I was a press coordinator in Albany for some politicians. So I did have professional training with writing press releases, but that was it. So, you know, I wasn't transparent about that with people, but blogs, eBooks, product descriptions, taught myself all of it. And I'm still teaching myself every day. It's like a new, what am I going to learn this week? Like this week I'm trying to learn YouTube. You know, it's like always, the learning never stops. I always say to people, you got to fall in love with the process of learning. If you A, want to work for yourself in general and B, especially if you want to be a freelancer. Totally, totally agree. So I, like I said, I've been loving, you know, where you're going with this on social media. I can tell that you're very targeted so that your information actually does get to people that are freelancers or are starting their freelance journey or trying to build their own side hustle. And I love that it's so real. And you also share actionable advice. So I noticed that you were responding recently to some comments over jealousy about your success and, you know, other, you mentioned that, and I thought I found this very astute. You mentioned that others will be happy when they find their purpose. So I was just curious if you could back us up a little and talk about what do you consider your broader purpose to be? How did you find yours? Is the work that you're doing on Fiverr satisfying it? Or is it more of just, you know, coaching, helping other people build their business? Or what do you think's your priority? Yeah. So I, I think people have multiple purposes or divine purposes in their life. And I think it's always changing too. So I feel like my purpose for five to six years was to, you know, do this so hard, master it, learn everything I can, um, make good money from it. So I'm newsworthy in some way or whatever. And I do feel like right now my purpose is to help people and get this information out there to them 
And maybe that's because of coronavirus. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting on a gold mine of information that's going to like literally save people. But I, I do feel like right now I've shifted into an educational time for me where I don't see myself now as like just this freelance writer. Um, if anything, I'm actually working to kind of build my business out so that I don't really do any of the writing by the end of the year. Cause I feel like my time and talents can be better used to like actually help people now than just write all the time. I think that makes sense. And that sounds kind of like a natural evolution of your talent. So basically what you're saying is over the years, your purpose has continued to evolve and you've just kind of done a gut check and listened to it and and seen where you can be of the most value at the time. Yeah, exactly. And I've just, I'm responsive to everything. Like when people will get all, you know, hate on me online that I sell an online course or hate on me because I have ebook. It cracks me up because I only made all of it because so many people asked me to. So I'm very receptive to what people, the feedback that, you know, everything I'm making a new site right now called freelancingstories.com because so many people asked me to, I didn't even come up with it myself. And I'm, you know, just responding to what people are asking from me. But then it's so funny because then all these other people will hate on me and be like, she's profiting off of them. You know, she's doing all this stuff. And I just, it cracks me up because I'm like, you guys, I'm only offering it because you all asked me to. Like, you know, you just can't win. You can't win, but you also like can't take it that personally no, because exactly. like I said, it's like, it's like the one for the one negative person who bothers to leave sure. a nasty comment. There's 200 people who you're impacting and you're helping, for you know, sure. that they just, they just, they might've lighthearted it, but they didn't have the time or for whatever reason didn't want to speak up, you know, for whatever yeah. reason, ne- people that are negative or just uh, have a proclivity to expressing their opinion more, if that makes sense. Oh, no, a hundred percent. And I'm going to keep, you know, I, I, I like making these educational resources because the feedback I get from them is incredible. So it's like, you know, people will say, oh, I took the course and like the messages I'm getting are crazy. Women are writing me saying like, I finally could leave an abusive relationship because I'm financially independent. Or women are like, oh, I was able to save my kid from something. Like, it's like crazy stuff. Like, it's stuff I read. It makes me want to cry because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is, what what is happening here? You have to put all those notes in a folder. And whenever anybody sends you hate mail, delete the hate mail and go read the folder. You're right. I I do that. you're right. I should I should write it on like post-it notes and just like yeah. put it my house like a crazy person and then like <laughs> Yeah. I, I want to make that was like a goal of mine was like to make more beautiful looking post-it notes that like you wouldn't be embarrassed to have on your window, you know? Yeah. Still haven't found the time to do that. But I but the post-it notes things work and even just like screenshotting it and storing it. I have like a motivation folder in my phone, right? Where sometimes I'll screenshot things that sup babe listeners or Instagram followers or people I've worked with, clients, whatever, say. And if I'm having that bad day where like there's one unhappy client or there's somebody who's angry about the fact that, you know, I was happy Trump left office or whatever it is, right? right. Like I'll just go and read the good folder because it just retraining your brain to the right direction. So I know you've talked a lot about mindset. I know that that's something that you've probably had to up level a number of times, even just in the last six years, maybe six years, maybe even once a year. So Mm -hmm. do you set monetary goals for yourself? Do you believe in goal setting? I just want to dig into like how you went from quitting your job, zero dollars to then, you know, being on track for 36K a month to then, you know, in a year or two, making 100K a year and then getting to three or 400,000. I mean, 
that is an incredible feat in a short period of time. So talk to me about that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I don't, I don't keep like an affirmations journal. Um, I don't even really write down my goals. I, I'm one of those people where I'll come up with a challenge for myself. I'm constantly, it's almost like I'm playing a game with myself because I'm someone who just gets bored easy and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, okay, if I made 30K this year, I want to make 60K this year. And it's, so it's like, I'll almost challenge myself in my head to beat myself. And that's my goal setting process. It's kind of weird and aggressive. I don't know if it's um, in line with my ENTJ personality or whatever. But, you know, I mean, when people ask me like, oh, what's the secret? Like, how did you scale so far so fast? You know, what's your mindset with it? And I'm like, you know, it's, this is like the like most unsexy answer ever, but it's just, I work super hard every day. No excuses. Um, I show up. I get, I get the job done and I stay humble with it. So that's really for me, what the secret has been is I work really hard and, and there's no times when I haven't and everything that I have is incredible, but I busted my ass for it. And I always try and be transparent about that with people. You know, you won't make this kind of money freelancing if you don't bust your ass. And I'm at a point now where I'm trying to create you know, an empire that can run without me. So will I be making good money without busting my ass in some sense, but you know, you're still working every day, managing your team. It just becomes a new ass busting process. Is work hard, help people and stay humble. Like keep your head down with it. Like, you, you know, I, I'm always to myself, like, even if I get a lot of praise or all these news articles or whatever. I just look at it and go, I'm still just me. And this is, you know, you just, I don't know, in my head, you just stay small with it still in your head and keep your head down. Very, very boring mindset, I guess, but that's mine. <laughs> so in terms of, in terms of your monetary goals, you would, you know, say that you had a $10,000 a month. You'd just be thinking in your head, you may not have written it down or put the post-it on the mirror or whatever, but you'd just be thinking, I want to make 12 next month. I want to make tw- in a couple months. Yeah. I just, 12 sounds better than, t- you know, so you would just, it wouldn't always be, it's not a recipe. Like you would double, try to double it all the time. It's just, you would try to just shoot for the next level, the little win. That's it. Exactly. And it's just constant stuff. You know, sometimes I have bigger, uh, you know, goals in my head. Like I'm 28 now. I always said I'd love to be in Forbes 30 under 30. I've been saying it since I was like 22. So that that's like a bigger goal, but that's something that I just decided one day, I guess, that I want for myself. And I just think it, I don't even really, you know, put it in a journal or anything. And I know people have told me I should start journaling all of this stuff. I should start writing all of it down to share it with people and everything. So that's on my to-do list is to get a goals journal maybe. And I can start like actually writing down like what I'm thinking. So that's an interesting subject. I think that, I mean, the goal would be to manifest these things quicker, right? If you were to start journaling or writing it down, but from an outsider looking in at you, you're manifesting amazing things in your life pretty quickly. So what's working for you, you know, is thinking it, you're thinking it very strongly, you're radiating it and you're pulling these things, you know, law of attraction back to you. So maybe you don't need to journal. I think journaling is great for people who struggle to focus their attention. But if you are naturally thinking these thoughts and bringing these positive things into your life, then you do what works for you. You know, maybe journaling will amplify it, but maybe you'll find that it's a diminishing return because your your mindset is already strongly focused on on your goals even though you're not writing them you're still thinking them 
Does that make sense? Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, that is probably it. Yeah. That it's so like ingrained in me. It's almost like a part of me, I think to dream big and, and to constantly set goals that I don't end up writing it down because I am confident enough in myself that if I come up with a goal, my self-talk is positive. It's well, why can't you get it? Instead of, I know a lot of people self-talk and I was there at, at times in my life where the, the self-talk is, oh, I can't do that. Or no, I not me. For sure. Surely not me. But I've learned to, you know, push through that now. And I set a goal and I go, well, why can't I do this? That's kind of what I'll say. Instead of saying, why can't I? You say, why can I? How can I? Yeah, like, yeah, like exactly. Like I, sure, I can do this. It's going to be hard work, but I can do this. So that's interesting. I like where you're going with that. It's definitely something else I wanted to talk to you about. You mentioned as well on some of your Instagram posts that it takes work to think positively because like you said before, all of us, our brains have a negative bias. It's very easy to fall into old patterns of thought, you know, to think about negative experiences because they have such strong emotion attached to us. They get more hardwired into our brain, right? So tell me more about your journey of thinking positively, like what tactics do you use? It sounds like positive self-talk is one of them, but you know, how do you do that? Or what's, what's your main tactic? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I do feel like a lot of it has to do with my spirituality and it's sometimes a funny topic to talk about to people, but they'll say, you know, where does that come from in you? Why are you so grateful? How can you be so positive? And I think a lot of it comes from, you know, me believing that none of this is by accident. These are my personal beliefs. I believe in God and everything. So it's like, I kind of wake up and I'm like, I believe we're all here with a divine purpose and, you know, I'm grateful. I I don't know. Like it's my spirituality. I think that makes me feel like there's a point to all of this and there's a point to be kind to people. There's a point to help people because I'll talk to people who don't have that same belief system and they think, well, there is no point to any of this. So what, what does it matter if I treat someone this or that way? So my, my core belief system is rooted in, you know, like Christian beliefs. And I I Mm -hmm. think that's what powers me every day to be positive, that I believe there's more than this. And I was trying to find like the best way to explain that without making people uncomfortable or whatever, but it is the truth. And it is how I like think about it every day. I think it's just like, be a good fucking person. Right. Like, I mean, and I, I know that it's like, it is part of Christianity. I was raised Catholic. So I totally agree with you. It is a Christian core belief, but it's like, shouldn't that be everybody's belief? It's just like, wake up every day, do your best, help whoever you can, be a decent fucking person. When God gives you the opportunity to do somebody a favor and you have the time or the ability to do it, do it. You know, like, (laughs) right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I naively thought that's how everyone thinks, right? Like when I got released into the world after college, and I have since discovered that a lot of people do not think that way. Uh, Maybe it's because I was in New York City and there's a lot of, you know, rough and tough people there. But I I did learn that not everyone thinks that way. And I think if everyone did think that way, our world would probably have fewer problems. But yeah, I wake up and I believe there's a purpose in being a good person. It sounds like you practice a lot of appreciation and gratitude, too, for just the body that you have, the home that you were able to buy, the work that consistently pings you. Absolutely. And I... In the, in the past few years, I feel like every entrepreneur has the same type of situation where it's like your life was going, you know, normal and then something horrible or tragic or, you know, some catastrophe happened that then made the entrepreneur almost. And I almost feel like we all have this same journey. So it's like in the past few years, I, you know, my family had a lot of bad stuff happen 
And it kind of put all of us in a position where it's like, you know, we're either going to face this head on and, and fight to make better lives for all of ourselves or whatever, or we're going to stay. I do find every entrepreneur I talk to has a very similar come up and they became an entrepreneur almost in the face of whatever it is that happened to them. And I'm no different, you know, and, and, and people, I saw a really funny post the other day and it did make me laugh. And it was like, Hey, you, Hey, entrepreneur works 14 hours per day. You know what else you probably need therapy. And I was dying. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe. Oh yeah. <laughs> therapy is a, is a requirement therapy and a business coach. <laughs> That's like yeah. my new thing is like, if I can have both Cool. If I could only have one, might lean towards the business coach, but that also might mean I'm crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's yeah, like it shows you where my goals mean, are. Yeah, it was like a it was a funny post. It was saying like 99% of entrepreneurs who pour their heart and soul into their work, they're doing it because it's therapeutic and they need it. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. And probably there's probably so much people could explore on that with like interviewing entrepreneurs. Totally. And I think that's true what you said about like you become an entrepreneur when there's that situation that didn't break you, that you yeah. faced head on, that you you overcame that shit, you moved to the next level, and that's when you really like rose, right? Or at yeah. least that's when people are interested in interviewing you and we we learn more about the story. I think I want to be mindful of your time. This is amazing chatting with you. But before for my last question, I really want to pick your brain on time management, not just for myself, for every girl listening to this podcast, you must be a pro to crank out the kind of money that you crank out while traveling, living your best life, doing things that matter to you in your personal life. So what would you tell us if there's like one or two things that we should change about how we structure our day or we handle our time, what would your advice be? Okay. Yeah, I, I do. I would admit I am very good with my time management, but it is not without its sacrifices because I am a single woman with a lovely home and no one in it to occupy it with me. So, you know, I don't particularly feel like I have room to have a significant other right now because mm-hmm. of how much I am working. And I'm always transparent about that with people. Um, my time management tips, I always give people, they're, they're boring. You know, my first one is wake up early. It's true, guys. Everything they say about waking up early. I know no one wants to get up at 5.30 or 6 a.m. It gives you three more hours in the day. It energizes me. It gives me time to work out. Working out makes me more creative and more yep. productive. You know, totally. It's, it's all the same boring stuff. They all keep saying, like, it's true. It's true. Wake up early. Read books. And work out. And and like, that's what, you know, really like gives me the energy I need to get through these crazy days because I I do like 10, 12, 14 hours. Oh, my last tip is to content batch. When people always ask me, how the heck do you churn out so much content? I say, I batch it. So I do for three hours, I'll do all my TikToks for the week. And, you know, one day I'll do the YouTube and one day I'll do my podcast for the whole month because I do like four podcasts a month. And when you batch it, I find it's so much more manageable, so much more manageable than if you wake up every day and you're like, at 10, I have to do TikToks, at 11, I have to do YouTube, at 12, I have to do the podcast. And then suddenly a big chunk of every single day has been taken out. Whereas to me, just sacrifice one or two days a week to all the content. Boom, you have five days now left to run your business and do everything else. So content batching. What about the weekend? Hello? You're 28. Oh. There should be a weekend. Do you take a weekend? You know, at times my my work schedule, it has like its ebbs and flows. So like right now I'm in the thick of working every single day and taking no days off. 
for good reasons. I have so much business pouring in from CNBC and everything. It's good yeah. problems. I don't mind that I'm working on Sunday because it's, it's great. It's a great problem. But then I'll have slower times in my life where I might take three days off. And when I say off, I'm still checking out my business every day. I, you know, you can't the glamorizing, like you can't just let the business go for three days and just wonder how it's going to be when you come back. But I, you know, I ebb and flow it. So like this summer in July, I really want to go on like a six week road trip with my cat, my best friend and everything. So I'll be like cutting myself some work slack. In the yellow Jeep? In the yellow Jeep. I'm like, what's funny? (laughs) I am thinking about painting in a different color because I got branded so hard in that thing. And I've had some creepy internet people where I was like, maybe I need to change the color. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, you've got the yellow Jeep has stalkers or you have stalkers or you both have combined stalkers. The the Jeep doesn't, I might, but (laughs) the Jeep is like a giveaway. Like, oh, there's Alex. So that's, you know, something I have to think about. (laughs) Yellow Jeep and red hair. You love making a statement. It's true. I guess, right? I bring it on myself. (laughs) No, I think that's a really good suggestion. I think content batching is something that when I'm diligent about it saves a lot of time because instead of your brain having to constantly shift from podcast to Instagram to emails to, you know, blog posts to whatever, you can do more of those things all at one time and you save yourself about 15 or 20 minutes in between every task. So, I mean, over a week or two or a month, I mean, that is many, many hours when you're sitting there when you would have just been like twiddling your thumbs or reading an email that wasn't important because you needed a break in between the tasks because they weren't similar, right? You were trying to get your brain wrapped around the next one. So totally agree with that. And I also, I'm a big advocate. People that have listened to Sub Babe know this. We talk a lot about morning routine and habits. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I got up at 6.15 today. I went to hot yoga. I ran my errands for my dog. He's on prescriptions. I know it sounds absurd, but like I did the things I needed to get done immediately, cooked myself a healthy breakfast after working out, showered, and then I sit down and I work and I'm just much more focused, much more productive, and it's less hours in front of the screen. Absolutely. It's like, you know, people always try and I think come up with all these different ways to tell themselves it's okay to sleep until 9am. And I'm like, whatever you got to tell yourself, I'm just saying waking up at 6am is the answer. Totally. I love it. I think that's great advice. Okay. So just to reiterate your tips and then we're going to let you tell everyone where they can find you. But so it's wake up early. It's read books, workout and content batch. Yes, that sounds good. Okay. (laughs) Tell everybody where they can find you, connect, give us all the goods. All right. So I have a bunch of resources right now. If you're looking to get started freelancing or you want a community of freelancers, I have a free Facebook group that's totally taken on a life of its own. They don't even care about me in it anymore. (laughs) It's called Freelancing Mentorship with Alexandra Fasulo. Free to join. Uh, If you want to follow me in my life and everything, Instagram is Alexandra Fasulo. And then my TikTok, which is kind of where this all started, and I give all my tips and tricks and everything, is Alex Fasulo Biz. So that's where you can find me. Okay. Per- TikTok is Alex Fasulo Biz, and we know your TikTok yeah. is blowing up. Wait, so I... Sorry, I've been so busy. I didn't realize you used to DJ. That's freaking awesome. 
<laughs> Thank oh you. God. Yeah, I mean, and by, when I say used to, like, I've obviously played, like, five gigs in the last year, but, like, five, whereas in, I mean, once again, too, I'm kind of, I don't want to be like I'm an expert at freelancing, but it's it's a 1099 business, right? And I, yeah. I spent seven years bi- building it after I left marketing agencies, so similar story to you. And yeah. I, like, I worked up to the height of my career where I would DJ a gig every three days, so at least 100 a year. So, you know, all the preparation, you know, and then the content, right, that brings in the clients. So all in all the preparation, the music preparation before the gigs, just hair, makeup, all that jazz, too, which people probably think is silly. But that's also what sells. I love I used to spend all my money on music festivals. I'm like, (laughs) right now, I'm going to go, like, stalk the crap out of you. (laughs) I wanted to be a DJ. At one point, I, like, rented a studio to, like, see if I could pick it up. Okay, so... That shit is hard. <laughs> so I have an offer for you because you're adorable and I, I really like like you over getting to know you in this podcast and who I know about you online. So <laughs> I'm sure that does color it. But I am pretty close to you. Aren't you in Tampa? No, I'm in Fort Myers. Okay, well, I'm in Sarasota right now. I thought you were in Tampa, but I don't know. Fort Myers isn't that far. Couple, look, maybe more than an hour, but I saw you were in St. Pete's. I know that's like 45 minutes from here, so... Yeah. Maybe we can get a little a little DJ lesson going for you one day. I would be happy to. What? I would freak as well. Wait, do you live in Sarasota full time? So I left New York in December. And so once again, I go where the business is sometimes, right? Because I work, yeah. you know, I, I work for myself, but ultimately I still work for other people. I think people don't sure. understand that. It's like, yeah, it's my business, but I'm still, you know, beholden yeah. to the client a lot of times. So I had events, you know, New York kind of opened up in September. I had events. I filmed a media project that I can't share a ton on yet, but in New York from Mm -hmm. like October to December. And I came to Sarasota. I went back up to freeze my eggs like last month and then came back. So Florida living is so great. I mean, it's, I need to be in New York right now. I left New York in December and I like didn't tell anyone and all my friends got pissed at me. You I bought the to, house fast and moved in if that was only December. So I'm, I left New York in December and my mom moved out of New York State too. So I was living with my mom for three months. I finally am in my own house now, but I dipped nice. in December because I hate the winter. I hate the darkness. And I just me was too. not feeling it. Like it was making me feel very, very negative feeling there. I wasn't feeling creative. I wasn't feeling productive. So I, I feel so productive in Florida yeah. and so creative, like inspiration will come to me on a run, like you said, or new yeah. ideas that I haven't had. And I think, look, I think, and, and, you know, you talk a lot about being a digital nomad. I think that's part of the beauty of traveling between cities sometimes is that new ideas, yeah. new inspiration, you meet new people that are doing different things and New oh, York man. can feel like such a hustle sometimes. And sometimes there's beauty in like the non time, right? The, the time that you're not hustling, you might learn the most you know yeah, no. wait okay so i just went to sarasota last weekend for fun because it's only like an hour and 15 from where i am so i will be back there i'm sure sometime in the next month or two so i'm absolutely hit gonna me hit up. you up thank you so much alex this was amazing i can't wait for our party date our girl date our dj date <laughs> in sarasota soon you were incredible thank you nicole we're gonna dj it's gonna be hot 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. If you loved what you heard today, please subscribe, hit five stars. You can add us on Instagram at Nicole Rose Stillings and at Sup Babe Pod. We hope we've brightened your day even just a little bit, but that's all for now. Don't forget to tune in Mondays in the mornings to Sup Babe, your one stop shop for living your best life.